0: Turn your Bible to Acts chapter 11. He's not in Acts again tonight. Does he have any other book of the Bible that he reads? we am going to jump backwards getting back into uh, the, uh, I'll read it to you, the, the verse that Pastor... ...not where Christ was named. Was that... Presentation applicable to what, or is it applicable? Applicable or applicable to uh, what? Uh, what I I was gonna say we were talking about what I'm talking about. Couple of things that I noticed as he was going through there. One, the importance of a translator. The importance of a translator. We, I talked about that last night. Who picked up something else that was on the screen that uh, was mentioned last night? Right about that. Up to up to the sky. Uh, Last, I I kind of apologize. Not I I do apologize, but it's and it's a sincere apology. But it's kind of a short one. Uh, Last night I got caught up in telling stories, and there were we were pretty thin on Bible last night. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but what what I was trying to get across is what he brought out tonight in that presentation and in the video of the great need that there is, but how we can mess things up culturally because we don't understand that the way that they do things or their culture, that we can go in and just kind of blow things apart and close the door and any opportunity there is to be able to talk to people and try to establish a ministry, much less learn a language to be able to get it translated down into Scripture. So, uh stirred my heart. I I just... uh, You took me on several places mentally that uh, that I greatly enjoyed. So in uh, Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, I'm not going to ask you to uh, not going to ask you to stand, but in Acts chapter 11, uh, Paul and well, actually actually Barnabas and Saul. This is before the uh, the last two things that we looked at. uh, They've gone up to the church in Antioch, which is up there in Syria, which was where we. Started with the, uh, the last two messages as they have launched out. Well, they're up there. The, uh, the, the church up there in, uh, in Antioch has had some people saved. And so Barnabas goes up there. He sees what the work, uh, what the grace of God has accomplished in the church. He goes and gets Saul and brings him over there. And that's uh, kind of where we. Uh, started things on Wednesday night. But look down here at verse 27 of Acts chapter 11. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem and unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Here's the verse I want you to catch. Then the disciples... Every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which they, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. This is the principle that we get for faith promise, uh, faith promise, which we're going to get over. We're going to go over to Acts chapter uh, eight uh, tonight and spend a little bit of time there. Uh, Acts chapter 8. The offering that they're getting ready to take up over there as we read through the scriptures is not for missions. It's actually to, to send relief to the, uh, the, the Christians, to the believers that are back in Jerusalem because of this great dearth that's going to take grace, uh across uh, literally around the world. But uh, Look at this, verse 29 and 30 again. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability. I forgot to grab one of the uh, one of the faith promise cards, but you're the one that's going to determine what it is you that God wants you to give. Uh, I didn't notice whether any of the young people received one of those faith promise cards or not. Uh, we got our children involved in it uh, when they were old enough to. When they were old enough to collect some kind of allowance or earn money, I I hated paying them to do right, but sometimes as they got uh, about 12 or 13 years old, we would give them an allowance for doing stuff, or they could earn money doing jobs around the house or whatever for me because I wanted them to realize, okay, you need to learn how to tithe. You don't have to wait till your married and you got a family you need to when you get saved you need to learn that you have a responsibility to God and to be able to take care of God and his things and God's people and so we were trying to teach them you need to tithe uh missions conference is not just so you get to hear good stories eat foods from other countries when we have the banquet and everything missions is something that you can get involved in well yeah dad but I only have 10 cents or I only have a quarter. Well, a 10 cents, uh, we can get at least 10 tracks printed for that. And so we would try to lay things out for them. So if you have some young person in your family that took a card, make sure you look at it before they turn it in. Uh, we had a situation where our, our second son, Jeremy, has always been he, He's for the underdog. He's always there trying to help somebody, and he would give away literally to this day everything that he owns just to be a blessing to somebody. Well, he filled out a prayer card or a faith promise card one uh, one year, and I didn't look at it, and he had committed five dollars, and there was no way he was going to get five dollars a week because I wasn't paying him that. That was for sure, and so uh, we helped him through get through that, but. After that, we said, okay, let me let me see your faith promise card. How are you going to do this? Well, sometimes it was, okay, I've got 50 cents a week that I can come up with. I'm pretty sure on that. But you put down a dollar or a dollar and a half. Where's the rest of that money going to come from? Well, what, Dad, I'm just going to have to find some work that I can do for somebody to earn it. So God sometimes, sometimes will cause you to stop and hesitate, as I mentioned, I believe it was on Wednesday night, to say, but can I do just a little bit more? Can I do just a little bit more? But We're we're, we're pretty maxed out. And one of the things that is taking place uh, since COVID has hit, I don't know exactly about here, but several churches that we've been in, is uh, because everything was closed down, mission money actually... Started getting built up in a lot of churches where they were they were calling and saying, "Could you come and give us some good news about something that's going on over in Russia or Eastern Europe? Because uh, we've got this money and we we're not really sure what to do with it. Well, I can help you spend it, or I I know people that uh, that could use support or increase support or something like that. And so a lot of churches their their money has increased." But to be quite honest, we all know, before the economy started coming downhill, at some point, you as a family or an individual say, I'm doing all that I can. And the church is doing all that it can. And I don't know what your situation is, personally, or as a church, but again, I'll throw out, can you do just a little bit more? Uh Man, I, w- I was ready to vote and take them on for support. Then I'm not even a member here. <laughs> uh, last night, anyway. But w- how, where does the principle come from, and how do you how do you do that? Now, the Lord, you pray and get that still small voice, but then it works through this. The disciples, every man according to his ability. You you, you can't you can't commit a large amount of money that you don't have. You might have faith. Uh, uh, Enough in God, and God speaks to your heart, and He says, "I want you to give ten dollars more a week, or something like that." He said, "Well, Lord, it's it's man, I'm I'm going to have to give up drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee, or I don't know whatever you drink around here. Uh, I, I may have to give up something, but Lord, I believe. I, I think that I think that I can trust you and figure out a way uh, to to be able to accomplish that, but." There was a a, a lady that we were in a church several years ago that did not catch the concept, and so on her faith promise card she put down that she wanted to give two hundred dollars a week. Fortunately, the pastor caught it and had to go sit down and talk to her, and he says, "You're supposed to give out of that which you have, which it talks about over in uh, in uh, Second Corinthians chapter nine. But it's kind of it's kind of mentioned here also uh, that. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Jerusalem, which they did. So they determined, they did it, and they, and they sent it, so they delivered it. Three D's. That's, that's as alliterated as I get right there. Uh, by the hands of uh, Barnabas and Saul. So now turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. As you're, as you're turning over there. Jesus was teaching uh, on the hillside one afternoon and he, he went through uh, several instructions, several things for them to consider. Uh, and one of the things that he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 he says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He didn't, he didn't say, Think about it. He says, but lay up yourselves. It's almost like it's a command. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Well, how do we do that? I believe that it comes through our giving. For uh, Whether it be taking a meal to somebody, whether it be generally uh, talking about our, our financial giving and it's one of the reasons when missions conference time comes around that Cheryl and I look at each other and say well man we are, we are maxed out but I want to do a little bit more I just just I just want to I, I just want to do a little bit more so but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven for where your treasure is there is your heart. Uh, there's your heart also. I don't know, is that part actually weighs on my mind? Uh, Lord, okay, we, you know, we, get our, we get our statement from the church about the amount of money that we've tied and we've given the missions and other things that have gone on. And I can't say that, oh, well, that really stirred my heart. You know, we laid up, we laid up a bunch of treasure up there. No, my heart is, I want to help somebody else get to the mission field. My heart is, I, I want to see some more Bibles published so that we can get those into the hands of the people. My heart is, I, I want to see one of our young people or a couple of our young people make a trip to the mission field in uh, Ecclesiastes 5.12. I, I gave the wrong reference to somebody uh, last night. I believe it's Ecclesiastes 5.12. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that uh, Cheryl and I ended up in, in missions. I mean, we, our first several trips. I was talking to uh, Pastor Smith uh, uh, today, uh, this afternoon at, at lunchtime. And uh, our first four or five trips were down to Mexico. I, after being down there and seeing the need, I thought we were going to be missionaries in Mexico. Well, that's what I surrendered uh, to do. I, the, ending up in Russia and Ukraine and Romania, and Bulgaria and all those countries over there. That wasn't even uh, that wasn't even in my prayer life, much less my thought life, and uh, but. When I affected my heart, then I realized there is a bunch of people that have never received scripture. There's a bunch of people that have never heard a clear presentation of who Jesus Christ is, even though they were very religious. Uh, One one town that we went to, and I don't remember where it was there in Mexico, but we literally saw there was the, the big Catholic cathedral up there, And people not walking up there to get up to the steps to go in and pray, crawling on their knees. But by the time they got halfway down the sidewalk to get up into the temple church, were just bloody and all cut up. And I thought, now those people are committed, but they don't know the truth. What else can I do to be able to help get the gospel to? Every creature where Christ was not named. Look, at, look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, with the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Those churches of Macedonia, Macedonia is, is an area. It's like a large state. Uh, those churches at that time not only involved Corinth, but was Berea, Philippi, and Thessalonica. And so he said, I, I, I want you to know, God did a work of grace amongst those people. Moreover, brethren, uh, we to you, it, the grace of God didn't provide great big jobs or, uh, you know, I don't know. Honda, the Honda plant didn't move into town and everybody got a job working for Honda, putting together cars or something like that. God blessed, and I think the reason that he blessed was because he knew their heart. God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. There's some words there that I I don't know about you but I don't put them together. Uh, There was not only a trial of affliction, it was a great trial of affliction. Uh, They not only uh, had poverty living on on the on the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. Kind of like uh, uh, Elijah in uh, 1 Kings, right about chapter 17, I think it is, where Elijah gets over to the, the poor widow's house and she says, all I've got is a little bit of meal in the bottom of the barrel, and a little bit of uh, crude oil, and we're going to eat that and we're going to die. That's kind of the impression that I get when I read that they were in great poverty, abounded under the riches of their liberality, So let's look at the whole verse together. How that the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. That's not me. I don't live there. In Larry's world, those words do not fit. Now, I have learned to get to trust the Lord and see God work through some of these things to get us to the other side where you can look back and say, thank you, Lord, man, that that was something. We've got a story to tell how you worked through that entire situation that uh, at the end of it, after it's all over, I've got great joy. At the end of it, I'm all excited about Let me tell you what we saw God do. But I've learned after having been saved for almost 40 years now that when I go into that trial of affliction, and to be quite honest, I I will say, I can't ever think of a time where we were personally or as a family in a great trial of affliction or deep poverty. But whenever we go into a situation that is, wow, this is a big deal and I did not see this coming and if God doesn't work it out, I have no idea what's going to take place. And, uh, but there's not an abundance of joy. Whoa! Thank you, Lord! Great! A big trial! Yes! I can't wait to get to church to give a testimony. We're going to see God do something great. That is not me. I'm the, okay, Lord, uh, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do this. We had one of the times that we had a, a Uh, a real situation that really stands out in my mind. One of our children decided to start going sideways. Now, fortunately, fortunately, they never got themselves into real deep sin. And I think it was because of all the Bible that they had heard and they knew that mom and dad were praying for them and everything. But we had the shortest lawn in Oshkosh for two summers. Because I would... every I, I had to do something and so i'd go outside i had to it gets all tensed up and right on the verge of being angry and mad and that's certainly not going to help the situation so virtually every other day i was out there mowing lawn just to burn off energy and during that time i realized instead of just burning off energy it'd probably be a good thing if i started praying so to this day uh, to this day when i mow our lawn it takes me about uh, an hour hour and ten minutes to push mow our yard. That's that's one of my prayer times. I love mowing lawn today. And it, I learned it clear back there during a trial of affliction, it was not a great trial. And that child has come back, that child is serving the Lord, happily married, has a family and everything like that. But uh, when you hit one of those hard times, what is your response? It just, it's encouraging me to read it. But, you ever notice it's easier to read something than it is to actually live it? How uh, Then a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. How could it abound to riches of liberality when they had deep poverty? They didn't have anything. Uh, a, little barrel oil, uh, or a little barrel of oil. A little barrel of oil. A little barrel of oil would go a long ways today in paying off a bill. Uh, don't let me go down that rabbit trail. A uh, little barrel, barrel, of meal, uh, you know, a little meal in the bottom of a barrel, and everything like that. That uh, they wanted to do something with. Verse four, praying us with much entreaty. Much entreaty is begging. It's not uh, here. Paul and Barnabas, uh, I would like to. Here's a, a little bag of a little bag of money. I would like to contribute to those poor saints, the, the suffering saints down there in, in Jerusalem. It was well, you know. I've seen, I've, I've stayed at your house. Uh, we, had, we had rice and beans, and we didn't have a second helping. I mean, they would probably never say that, but we, we stayed with you, we, we, we ate your food reluctantly, but you, y'all don't have anything, really, to speak. No, please, I'm begging you, please take the money, because we want to help them. God has sustained us. We're still here. We've lost a little bit, little bit of weight. We've had a difficult time. Uh, Dad got put into the prison when, uh, when they came through with, during persecution. A lot of what I'm reading in here today, I didn't see as clearly as I have after I, you gave your testimony tonight. I can picture what was going on with these people up there in, in, uh, in Corinth and, and uh, Thessalonica in those places. For to their power I bear record, and yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift, and take upon us the fellowship. The fellowship of ministering to the saints. So you can actually, you get a double blessing, but you don't all get it at one time. As you give, whether it be whatever, they were giving, whether it be a few small coins, or I doubt that they actually sent some dried rice or something like that. But when you get when you do that, in my mind, that gets laid up on my account up in heaven. How's your account doing? Have you ever even, even thought about that? Uh, I, I love hearing the you know, Jesus is up there building your mansion. How long did it take him to? to construct the whole world and put everything in it. He did it in six days. I don't think he's up there building my mansion or your mansion. I'm thinking that was done a long time ago. But we might be furnishing a candle. (laughs) We we might be putting in, you know, I I don't know how that's going to work. But all I know is when he said lay up treasures in heaven, the best that I know how, that is what is taking place. For to their power I bear record, yea, beyond their power... They were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, begging us that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. What happens? How does that happen, uh, uh, the fellowship of ministering to the saints? You ever said to somebody, I know what you're talking about. I've been there. Or we went through something similar to that. You ever said that? You ever had that happen? to you? I think that when it talks about the, the fellowship, that that is what that is talking about. So what happens? How did that? How did that work out? Second Corinthians chapter eight verse five. And this they did. We were pretty sure we, as we were talking to them, as we were meeting in, in Bible studies, as we were doing having a church service in the in a couple of houses in the area. We were pretty sure we, we were picking up little things that it sounded like they wanted to do something also because of the testimony of the other churches uh, in the other cities, but. But, and this they did not as we hoped. We were hoping that they would, they would be willing to trust God to do a little bit of something. But first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So I believe that God is working in their heart because it says by the will of God. It wasn't, well, that seemed like a good thing. Honey, it wasn't an Ananias and Sapphira situation where, okay, everybody else is given something, so we're, we're, we're going to do something. We're going to say, well, this is what God provided. They, they didn't cheat like that. But first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Gave their own selves. Have you ever given yourself to the Lord? I've done it sometimes. Uh, I won't say repeatedly, like every year I renew my commitment to the Lord or something like that. But there's, there's times in my life where the Lord's been working on my life and somebody will preach a message. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know what, Lord, I just want to I want to remind myself and I want you to know I'm still all in. I, I still want you working in my heart. I still want to, I still want you to show me what else we might be able to do, Lord. Uh, and most of the time, Cheryl is headed out down the aisle before I am to get to the front, and we will pray together to let the Lord know we're still willing. What else? What else? Or Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to not lose our testimony along the way. Uh, I just got a, a note from uh, one of our children here recently dad you realize we're all watching you see how you and mom finish you know we maintain a good testimony up till now but we don't want to lose that. we, we don't want to fall apart on on our children and on the Lord this they did not as we hope but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God so what what was the fruit what was the result of that right here in verse 6 insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. They needed someone else to help them, so they decided to send Titus. I get the impression, and I should have, asked, I should have talked to uh, the two pastors about this uh, today at lunchtime, but uh, I get the impression that Titus might have already been there before, because when it says, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, So he would also finish in you the same grace. I know that they send Titus back uh, over in uh, chapter 8, verses 19 through 23. They send Titus back with a couple other guys to go back to Corinth to be able to continue to work in the the church amongst the the people there. But uh, I get the impression that, okay, we have a need. We have a need. How does that work out? We need somebody. Who's available? Titus is available. Are you available? Well, Larry, you don't understand. I'm this young or I'm this old or I've got a family or I've got this going on or I've got, are you available? It does not necessarily mean that the Lord's gonna call you to pastor the church or sing a special. <laughs> Last night I had a little bit of fun walking around saying, Pastor's looking for somebody to sing a special. Is that you? And you know, everybody gets all nervous and shaky about that. Uh but are you available? Are, uh, is it, if one of the pastors would call you to help with something, would be, oh, man, I didn't realize he had my phone number. Or you ever committed yourself to, so, oh, so-and-so's moving, I'll be there at 9 o'clock. And 8 o'clock rolls around, you say, why in the world did I ever, I was talking foolish, and the last thing I want to do is go over there and help somebody load up a, you know, fill in fill in the blank. For insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace, the same grace. I'm thinking it's talking about the, the grace of God. Some of it connected with giving, some of it probably not, but spiritual growth. There was a need for someone to help, so they sent Titus and others. I'm basically done with the message. Finally, you actually do have something relatively short. Yes, I do. I want to make you aware of three things that are going on. Because of our ministry, uh, which I've never really gone into a lot of detail, uh, Baptist Couriers for Crisis back, started back in 1979, where literature distribution, that's what we've done. I'm, I talked about how we started with just shipping 40 uh, whole testaments or 20 Bibles in a specially designed vehicle, And then we started shipping larger stuff and everything. Today we're shipping 40-foot semi-containers, which I had to grab my prayer card. Just since 1990, we have shipped 109 containers containing 28 million Bibles, New Testaments, and John Romans. That's not even counting the tracks. 28 million. That's just the ones that we have shipped from the States over into Russia and Eastern Europe. We are also having printing done over in the country of Belarus, a closed communist country. Uh, President Lukashenko has voted himself in three terms in a row. His opposition has disappeared every single time, and uh, so it looks like he's he's rather permanent until Putin removes him or something like that. We've been in uh, we've been in. 14 different countries, we've, been, we've done campaigns taking people like you over with us for two weeks to, uh, into 40 different cities. We've helped start uh, 10 churches. We've got three brand new Bible studies going on. And we've helped strengthen and encourage 33 other, 33 other churches. Uh, one of the trips that we did this summer was not only to go over and help Scott and Chris polling do the canvassing, and pass out the John Romans for a preaching service at the end of the two weeks. Uh, Before that, uh, Cheryl and I had gone over with a small group, uh, several young people also with us on that group, where we went to Croatia, and we did two park ministries for the church Uh, two years ago. We were over there, passed out the John Romans, a bunch of people came to the meeting, a handful got saved, a church got started, and so now the pastor was saying, uh, we want to expand we want to get another church started over on the other side of town but we want to get some more people coming we've got hardly no young people coming at all and so he said would you consider doing a park ministry well not really I said to myself quietly uh, but I said pastor whatever you want we're, we're coming over to do whatever you want well he's talking about a bounce house what in the world is spiritual about a bounce house you know what am I supposed to do uh, guard people or protect people or join them in the bounce house. you know. Anyway, he had it all organized for us over there. We ended up on one afternoon because of a very busy street corner with a huge empty open lot that we didn't even have to rent with apartment buildings all the way around. We ended up and had contact with over 500 people in a space of four hours. Every one of them that, that we had a chance to talk to or came up to, the, came up to the table to get a bottle of water or to get a balloon. Uh, so far, nobody's told me that they know how to do balloon animals or balloon hats or something like that. If you, if you can make stuff out of balloons, there's a ministry for you. Uh, so we had one of the... I, I missed the picture. I shouldn't do this. I'm going to run a rabbit trail. One of the funniest pictures that I missed is here's this guy he was older than I was, and that's kind of old. He had to at least been 80, at least. He's riding on a bicycle. It's after everything is all over with. He's got a bottle of water, fresh one from the table that I just gave him. He put it in his basket on his bicycle. He has another bottle of water that's half-drank that we had given to him earlier. And he's got this balloon dog on the top of his head riding off in the sunset, to go see his granddaughter, I think it was granddaughter or grandson, to give her the balloon and a bottle of water and tell her about a church that was going to get ready to start having services for children. It just warmed my I, I You couldn't help but smile at this old guy in a bicycle with a balloon dog on his head. I mean, are you available? Are you available? Uh, Larry I never thought about going someplace I, uh, I don't even like to show up when they have youth activities here I'm not that wild about it either but it's fun to see what goes on uh, I don't have to participate in it but I can be a, I can be a don't do that or I can be you know, a supervisor or I can pass out water or Cheryl can make brownies and we can be ready to give those uh, I and mean, there's things that we can do to be a blessing and a help Right now, as has been mentioned a couple of times, there's a big thing going on over in the country of Ukraine. Because of all the missionaries that we've had contact with, that we've, uh, we've helped, that we've been involved in their ministries and everything, uh, we uh, have been able to, and my, there it goes, uh, we have contact with, with five major missionaries that, we, that are in different parts of the country that are from the states, the one that we've done some of the most work with is Mark Preem, who's from Superior, Wisconsin, and he lives in Odessa. The, uh, the line is just a, a short ways from, uh, from there, from the city of Odessa itself. And so Mark brought his wife and his daughters out and Mark has stayed there. He said, this is my people. Th- this, is, uh, this is where I live. Mark has spent more time in the Ukraine than he has in the United States. And so he looks at himself more as Ukrainian than he, and he does in America. He says, how can I abandon my people? He said, they're the ones, it's their sons, it's their uh, husbands, it's their brothers that are going off to war. So long story short, and I have no short stories, Mark is out passing out tracts and John Romans and talking to people that are out on the street as electricity began to they started shutting things down. This, this is over a year ago now. And uh, ran across this guy that, a group of people, that some kind of an NGO thing that had food, and so they started kind of a doing a hot meal in the evening. And so uh, Mark went over and talked to them and gave them some literature, and they said, We heard, we heard that there was a Baptist church just down the road. Uh, Do you need some food? And Mark says, well, no, I don't need some food. He he said there might be somebody in the church, but he said, not really. And they said, we we have some extra. Would you be willing to pass it out? Are you available? So here they started giving Mark uh, 25 to 30 boxes, styrofoam boxes, with a hot meal in it. And he could go any place that he wanted to in the city and start passing out, meeting the physical needs of people so that he was able to give them a tractor at John Romans to be able to talk to them. Well, now it's gotten so he has several different places around the city that he goes every night, and they're waiting for him, not so much for the meal, but tell us some more about the New Testament, tell us some more about God. Tell us some more. And he said, we're starting to see people saved. If things get worse here, people are beginning to respond. Here's a short note that he uh, wrote the other day. Couriers for Christ has shipped several containers, sent personal aid, uh, provided trips for people from the states to aid us to assist and distribute thousands of John Romans and tracts, Bibles and New Testaments in several cities in the Ukraine, Though our field is far away, seeds of the gospel are continuing to be planted and with watering and weeding through Bible instruction and are bringing a harvest locally and then being spread to surrounding fields, talking about towns and villages in our country, our Baptist churches are filling up again and many people are getting saved. One of the things that we not only have been involved in as a ministry out of Wildwood Baptist Church, but one of the things that Cheryl and I have been involved with personally. So that's what's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, If pastors have any interest in being able to help some of these guys, we've got, like I said, we've got several contacts in-country and around there. And then another project that we've got going on back in the summer of... Oh, let me see. Should have looked at this prior. Okay, because I'm trying to think and read at the same time. I can't do it. Back in the back in the uh, back in the summer of 2006, we went over to work with two missionaries <clears throat> that had started the church. They were getting ready to turn it over to a, a national that they had trained, and they were gonna. Go over and start over in the city of Woodge to be able to start a new church, and they said, "Would you come over?" Well, uh, the, the Bible translation has now been done. We've got some Bibles printed up that is a, it's a good it's a good edition. It, it's accurate to the King James version and the Texas Receptus, and so we're ready with scriptures. Uh, we just need some John Romans. We've already got the Bibles. We've already got the New Testaments. We've already got a hall that we can rent. Uh, if you all will come over and, and spend a couple of weeks with us getting the word of God out, we'll, we'll see what God will do. Well, we saw, uh, I think we, we got out, uh, it was close to 200,000 John Romans with invitations. And we had an overflow crowd of about 1,300 people that showed up for that meeting. Out of that 1,300 people, there was about 60 of them that responded that wanted to start coming to the Bible study, which eventually filtered down to about 25 people, and that was the nucleus of the church. And so that has gone on for quite a while. It's built up. They're about ready to turn this one over to a national, and they, they are moving in the process of moving down to southern Poland to be able to start a, another church. But in my short story, which I have none of, one of the guys that got saved at that meeting and started coming to that church, has contact with the president of Poland. And so he works in the administration office for the president, and the president said to him a year and a half ago, you go to a Baptist church, right? Yes, I do. Uh, Haven't you said something about that they have Bibles? Yes, we do. Do you think that they have enough Bibles for all of our men and women that are in the army?" what do you have enough bibles to give everyone in the army a bible because they need to know god and we need to let them know that god loves them also now the guy is catholic he's a practicing catholic but he knows the value of a bible and he knows the value of this man has lived a good godly life in front of him so they got a hold of us is there anything that you can do? So we have committed uh, ourselves as a ministry that we are having 200,000 Polish protector Bibles uh, being printed that they are now being given out to the, uh, to the military. Matter of fact, there's some on our back table over there. They're one of the smaller ones. Well, through that, he said, or somebody said, what about the police? They're protectors. And so now we're... We committed ourselves to doing $50,000 for the police. So we have this big project that's going on that we've got uh, about half the money raised for that. They're, they're running about. And I'm not asking. I'm not asking for money. I'm just telling you where we are. We're having those printed in the country of Belarus for $3 apiece. Here's the letter we just got back about that. Belarus is the closed communist countries. Uh, concerning the uh, the. Po- uh, protectors' Bibles for the, uh, for the military. Greetings. Today I'm meeting with George from Grodna. He is close to Lyshenko. That's the president of Belarus. I will write you what he said because some amazing things were said by President Lukashenko concerning the Bible that was sent from Belarus to Poland for the Polish army. Needless to say, the Belarusians were in shock. These were like Lukashenko's words according to George. The Poles are giving weapons to Ukraine. But they are arming their own military with Bibles. And they're printing them here in our country of Belarus. Our border patrol can't believe their eyes. To which George responded to the president. Well, the Bibles that we're getting, they're they're a a gift from from America for Poland the president of belarus said they give ukrainian they give ukraine weapons but they give poles bibles you know i don't know if we should fear ukraine or if we should rather fear poland the poles are giving us an example god has opened up the doors that we never ever thought dreamed or even prayed about to be able to, uh, to do something like this over in a country that's one's being torn up by war, the other one is being supported of it. And then the last thing that I'd like to make you familiar with, I got a email and a uh, newsletter from Chris Scott and Chris Polling. Do you actually, does the church actually support the Pollings or know the Pollings? Okay, we had a group of uh, 20 people that went uh, beginning of August over with the Pollings uh, we we shipped over 300,000 Polish uh, Polish 300,000 German John Romans. Brother Scott had the uh, the the tract and the flyer, the invitation for the meeting printed up. So when we got there, we were ready to go to go out on the street and passing them out, inviting people to come to the meeting, but giving them a portion of the Word of God where they could start in John chapter one and begin to read through and get the gospel. So by the time we got done, we had passed out just short of 200,000 of those. Uh, uh, Pastor, what's his name up there in uh, Laramore, not Schaefer, but Pastor Fryman. Pastor Fryman and his wife came over at the very end and they stayed for another week to help pass out uh, another 20,000 of the, uh, of the uh, John Romans and invitations. And through that, Scott has now got uh, a couple people coming to church and he's, he's doing Bible studies with six other people that is kind of spread out across the uh, city. But one of the things that I noticed at the end of his letter is we still have 100,000 John Romans. Anybody want to go to uh, Germany to see one of your missionaries? Actually, be two, two of your missionaries, and help them pass out some of that hundred thousand. I, I looked on the, I, I jumped on the internet today, uh, right now to fly to from Chicago to Berlin, direct flight. You don't have to worry about losing your luggage. You don't have to worry about getting bumped out of your seat at the next layover. Direct flight. Uh, you get there in about seven and a half hours, if I remember right you can get there for $500. If you do it in the spring before May, you can get over there for a little over $400. Is there a need? Is there a need for one of your missionaries? Is anybody in here available that could go over and help one of your missionaries sow the seed that they might reap a harvest that may not be a big harvest, but a harvest of souls to be able to start this church, to be able to grow the church for which you are hopefully praying and giving them money to be able to reach those people there in Berlin. This they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their selves to the Lord. said, Lord, I'm here. I'm available. What is it that you want me to do? What is the ultimate result of this... uh, long-running commentary that we've been kind of looking at. It's found over here in, uh, in Romans chapter 10, verses 15 and 16, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. That's why there's a missions conference this week. That's why Pastor brought in three different sets of missionaries from varying backgrounds and varying ministries that we do to be able to lift up your eyes and say, what can I do? How can I get the gospel out to where Christ has not been named, to the regions beyond, to the uttermost, as it were. Are you available? Are you available? Can you do just a little bit more financially? Can you do just a little bit more prayerfully? Can you pray about, Lord, would you have me to go over to... Berlin, Germany, and be able to help them for a little bit? Or, Lord, would you have me help somebody else from the church to go over and spend a week or two to be able to help the pollings, to see if they can't reach some more people, see that church bodies to, to start to grow? Are you available? The first time that really hit me, I'd only been saved for about two years, and uh, Pastor Nelson at the time, Pastor King at that time was our assistant pastor, and uh, Doug Koslow, who was the administrator of our Bible Institute, were taking the Wings plane, and they were flying over to Michigan, to Dr. Don Green's church, who was having a missions conference. They had a missionary in there that Wildwood Baptist Church wanted to get involved in, and the easiest way to do that was for us to take uh, the plane that our ministry has, I'm uh, not our ministry, the Wings of Eagles ministry at a Wildwood, to take that over there and to be able to meet with, with this missionary. And so we got in, we, we were sitting in the back of the church, service had already started by the time we got there, and this is what took place. As we're sitting in the back, uh they're already in singing i don't know how long it seemed like we were about 15 minutes late and uh dr green says okay uh it's time for testimony time i want somebody to stand up and give testimony about how god provided your mission money uh this year and so uh uh somebody over on this side of the church got up and said well this is this is what i prayed about and and this is what god did and uh he said, okay, anybody else? And somebody from someplace else in the church got up and said, well, uh, my wife and I prayed about it, and, and God provided the money, and we, we can't wait to see what God's going to want us to do again this year. He said, okay. And uh, he said, okay, uh, sing another song. And so we sang two verses of the song. For the next 45 minutes, we'd sing two verses, and two or three people would get up and give testimony. Sing two verses, two or three people would get up and give testimony. Sing two verses, two people would get up and give testimony. While this is going on, after about 35 minutes, down comes this lady from back near where we were sitting, and she came down to the front, and she took some money out, and she put it in the plate, and went back and sat down, and that opened up the floodgate that night. The people just, as as singing was going on, as testimonies were going, on, people just started walking. Down. We haven't done, we haven't even prayed to open the service, and we've been in there for almost 40 minutes, and they're singing and giving testimony. What God is doing, and people just start walk up and putting money in the offering plate, the two small offering plates that are on the side. After about 50 minutes has gone by, I saw the lady that I mentioned the first time they got up and put some money, She came down and she tipped her purse upside down and shook it all out. There was change. There was, I don't know. There was gum. There was bobby pins. I don't know what. But she emptied it all out and then just stood by the side as uh, people were going on and uh, carrying on. And finally, uh, Dr. Green looked down at her like, you waiting for something or whatever, and so he leaned down and uh, she she whispered something in his ear, and she said or he said, Mrs. Seminska would like to lo- let the Lord know that she's all in. Well, the missionary that was preaching the missions conference was Dr. Don Green, who saw the printing ministry in the Bible, and he's the one that helped get Bearing Precious Seed Ministry started. He had brought an offering plate. To this day, it's the biggest one I've ever seen. I'm not lying and I'm not preaching. It was all you could do to reach from side to side to be able to pick. The. So in the center over here is this giant offering plate. And that night, Mrs. Samiska, to let the Lord know she was all in, said, I want to put myself in that offering plate to let God know I'm all in. The backstory in Mrs. Saminska: She she was married to a very crabby, ungodly man. She was a Sunday school teacher, and he would go around the house hunting for her Sunday school lessons, for her Bible, for her Testament, and he would tear them up. He'd throw them in the fire. He'd use them to start the the fire at night in the winter time. Just a very wicked, ungodly man. And Mrs. Saminska was faithful all those years as a Sunday school teacher. And that night, at the age of about 65, 66, she said, in spite of whatever's going on, I'm still all in, and I want God to know it. I have mentally put myself in that offering plate. And when I did, at our missions conference, the Lord, he got our van got our house he got the wallet I don't have them in here right now but he got my family he got everything that we owned everything that he had provided for us that God had given to us that God had blessed us with the grace that he had showed to our family God gave it to gave it to us I gave it all back to him that night, and that's where we have tried to live for these last 37, 38 years. Are you available?